This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri, along with Francis Beck and Tom Prince from Western New York Athletics. Dick Gallagher, who writes for uh, Channel 2. You can go online and catch uh, both Western New York Athletic- Athletics and uh, and uh, Dick Gallagher's previews online at their respective websites. Uh, we're going to have news and notes today. Last week, if you remember, guys, we talked Monsignor Martin, and we talked up Class D. This week, we're going to get into Class C and B. There's a lot of teams to go over. But before we do that, as I mentioned, news and notes, and I want to tell you about the Frank Martin Memorial Scholarship Golf Scramble that is going to take place August 30th. It's four-person scramble. Registration deadline is Monday, August 27th. If shotgun start at 10 o'clock, registration at 945 Uh $5 per person, $260 per team, covers greens fees, carts, lunch, beverages, dinner, awards for top teams, a uh, whole bunch of other stuff, uh, raffle items, you name it, they'll have it. And uh, if you uh, make checks payable to the Jamestown Elite Frank Martin Memorial, please uh, make reservations to 1446 Orr Street, Jamestown, New York, 14701. Any email questions, Jamestown Elite at yahoo.com. That's Jamestown Elite at yahoo.com. Morning, guys. Good morning, Good morning, morning. everybody. Happy full go day. Full go day? Yeah. Okay, this... Derek. Morning, y'all. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, teams are in full pads, so today they're going at it. And next Saturday is Big Scrimmage Saturday. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. That's Derek, always a big day. Do you have day. any of the uh, uh, tentative scrimmage schedules? I haven't seen a thing of who is scrimmaging whom. No, the only one that might be constant is Canisius at 11 o'clock on next Saturday with uh, quality teams there. But everything else right now is uh, to be determined. And would that be at the uh, West Seneca facility? It's yes. Canisius hosting that uh, scrimmage? Yes. Frank just emailed uh, Ken Stoll, the football chairman for Section 6, so hopefully he gets back to us pretty soon with that answer. Yeah, so you want to catch the scrimmages. It's always a lot of fun to catch. And then the week after, that's it. The season starts. So it's upon us, folks. Yeah, well, the following <laughs> Friday, uh, I think I'm going to head down to Chautauqua Lake to see uh, Kurt Fisher's opener with his new football team. Cool. I still, I, I, you know, I look at the schedule and I say, okay, I'm going to go to this game. Then a couple of days later, no, no, I'm going to go to that game. No, I'm going to go to this game. Is I, I don't make really make up my mind until uh, we get close to it. It's whatever uh, concession stand Nick likes best. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the tiebreaker, I guess. 
All right, guys, let's you know, get you know, it. Tony, if you do go to Dick's website and his stories, he will put what the best concession oh, stands are out there. So take a look because it could be out there right now. There's a lot of little tidbits in there that, that Dick throws in there cracks me up, like best dancer, <laughs> uh, well-dressed, uh, nicknames, things like What are some of the ones that you came up with this year, Dick? The same ones over the past, but it's when you have best best answer are the smartest. Some of these kids are off the chart with a hundred, you know, GPAs. The fastest, the, the in some cases the slowest, the uh, biggest, most most photogenic players, most photogenic coaches. That that, that gets uh, some people uh, with uh, making some comments. It's just, it's just Are the coaches of, lobbying you for most photogenic? I mean, is you know Sean Brusso uh, offering you uh, you know free lunch no, if you Sean's put him in one there? Of the ones that's the worst answer. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Sean, I didn't pick it. <laughs> the ones that amaze me, if you get an example, like, and I'll use uh, one of my favorites uh, back in softball, Abby Borkowski, when they uh, had the uh, senior day and all that, and where they were going to sign for college. Francis might remember this. Oh yeah, and she also. Had a 99.5 uh, quality point average, and she was only tenth in her class. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy, man! <laughs> All right, guys, we uh, we have a lot of teams to go through today, so uh, not as much joking around as we normally do. We have, what, 34 teams to try to get in in uh, the short time that we have today. So as I said, last week we, we talked about Monsignor Martin and Class D. Dick, why don't you start us off with Class C? We have 14 teams uh, split up into two leagues. Uh, class, what do we have? Class C North, excuse me, seven teams. Cleveland Hill, that, who's dominated the class in recent years has outstanding talent returning Aaron Whaler is uh, almost New York candidate excels on both sides of the ball Jason Thomas only played eight games last year had 1100 yards rushing 11 touchdowns Demario Grant Taylor Durkin and Chris Diem the interesting point about this team is Aaron Whaler Jason Thomas Demario Grant and Chris Diem were all a part of the championship, state championship relay champ, relay title, and all of them are underclassmen and will be being able to compete again. They have the best running backs in Western New York when you look at three, the three players. That's always a nice thing to have, or a nice problem to have. Oh, who's going to get the ball? And Silver Creek, uh, Sean Helmer has done an excellent job there. They've got a couple of, excuse me, Outstanding athletes in McCannum, Gadio Waltz, Luke Zamagala. And for Wilson, they've got nine starters returning. They have an outstanding passing combination in Steve Ferrix and Marcel Wilson. Akron, uh, excuse me, has two outstanding players, Brendan Orr, Tim Longwell. Gwanda is one and seven last year. They got 12 starters returning. And Brady Andrews and Adam Sisti are outstanding for them. JFKs could struggle this year. They graduated 23 seniors, which is huge. They've got Zach Manzella and Jay Lighton. And Roy Hart is not merging with Barker this year, but uh, Marcus White is the new coach. They were only won two games last year. And Logan Mar- Morgan and uh, Walter Samanka are key players. But if you look at it, uh, Cleveland Hill right now 
is the class of that league going into the season. All right, let's go real quick. Uh, I want to get Ken Ricker on because I was promoting the Frank Martin Memorial Scholarship, and I know uh, Ken is heavily involved in it. Ken, is there some information I missed that you need to get out there? No, I think it's great. I just wanted to call in and thank you for uh, for putting it out there. We, uh, you know, Frank did so much for girls athletics in general, and and I've always tried to to mirror that and live up to that and as best as I could. And with Brian Baker from Wilson and and others in this section helping, we're really trying to every year. It was a link for me. Uh, Frank meant a ton to me and was someone I looked up to. And then, you know, I always feel like uh, our girls' athletics are underserved. So to be able to provide five uh, scholarships per year. That's pretty big, Ken. That is, I mean, the fact that you can provide, uh, anytime you talk scholarships, if it's just one, that's excellent. But you're talking five here, and that's fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're just, and like I said, we wanted to link it with girls' basketball. Um, obviously, the incredible run they made last year, the state semifinals was just a small picture of uh, what Frank did over time there. And, uh, you know, when I started, I thought I could outwork people, and everywhere I went, there was this guy in the Sale Game Limestone team, and uh, and he helped me a lot and uh, helped all of us. So um, something we're trying to do, we're, I, 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 uh, st- we have it at the end of August, and some schools are, are back to school, so we've lost some teachers and coaches, and um, fall sports are going, but we're we're really hoping to find a few more teams and a few more whole sponsors. We have many, many uh, booster clubs, girls' basketball booster clubs, sponsoring holes. But uh, if anybody uh, has any interest, they can get a hold of Coach Baker, myself, Chris Durr from, you know, the girls' basketball uh, Section 6 uh, head, any of us, and we'll, uh, we'll get you involved. Outstanding. Thanks, Ken. Uh, best of luck to that. And, you know, we have information on our Facebook page. Go to Inside High School Sports. It's there. Brian and Ken and everybody will keep you updated and uh, get more information out there if, as you need it. I don't golf, but I plan on going down there and contributing in any way I possibly can on August 30th. Cool. All right, Dick, I'm sorry. Let's uh, continue. Uh, Class C South, Southwestern has been dominant in this league for the last few years. Three of the last four years, they actually participate in the sectional title games. Cole Snyder is one of the most versatile athletes in Western New York. All the buzz in the offseason is about him. Excels in hockey, excels in baseball and football. He's an outstanding quarterback, and he's committed to Rutgers. And uh, another good passing combination is Cole to Alex Card. Cooper Pannis is an outstanding lineman. Faison Mooner, excellent defensive player. And Falconer Castadega Valley should be competitive, particularly with two studs, Connor Crabtree and Robbie Penhallo in uh, Franklinville, Ellicottville. They were 9-1 last year. They lost in the championship game. Now they're in Class C. They graduated 15 players. Brock Fletcher is uh, at Utica now playing football. Jacob Peters is an outstanding player. that uh, They might uh, have dominated in the Ds, but coming down to Cs, they'll find that this league is a little more competitive. Especially with all the players they lost last yeah, year, they lost yeah. a ton of good players. Yeah, Allegheny, that's hard to recoup. Yeah, it's it's, uh, but Allegheny Limestone, the Gators, um, have uh, good players. Patrick Wallace, his brother Connor Wallace, and Ben Giardini. Chautauqua Lake Westfield with Kurt Fisher in his first year will be interesting. And as Roger said, he's going to be going on and watch that game. We're just interested in the, the dynamics, watching the the parents and how the players respond. Mm-hmm. But Zach Fisher, who also 
relocated from Maple Grove to, uh, excuse me, Chautauqua Lake. He, he, he's an outstanding two-way player. Brandon Rose. He's outstanding young man. Yeah, is an excellent player. Randolph Roosberg, they've won those state championships in a row, and then they were close to another one, and then they unfortunately had a couple of kids that were suspended, and that ruined their season. But this year, they've got an outstanding lineman, Andrew Bernard, 6'4", 275, who definitely should be one of the uh, Trent Trophy uh, finalists. Nick Marsh is also a good player. In Portville, that who only won one game the last two years, Gary Swetland, that's been there for 20, 24 years. He retired. Josh Brooks has taken over as head coach. Roland Thompson and Jaden Lasseter are their best uh, players. When you look at it again, what I foresee is another battle between Southwestern and Cleveland Hill in the, in the Class C championship game at the stadium. Ooh. What a surprise that yeah. is. Cleveland Hill and Southwestern. I never figured that one out. <laughs> well, that doesn't take anything away from the other teams. No. Because you got to play the game, and uh, a lot of times I've made predictions that were wrong, and people let me know. Hey, there are upsets. This is why we play the game on the field, not on paper. And you know, and you know, Dick, you know that game, Aaron Waller versus Cole Snyder, that could be for the Connolly Cup right there. You talk about two guys returning, Connolly Cup guys returning, that could decide who the winner is this year. Yeah, and when you take a look at the number of quality players this year, it's going to be very, very, very difficult for the Connolly Cup committee to select the ten finalists. You might pick four or five automatically, but then there's going to be another twenty kids that could fill those five other positions. And it's going to be difficult, but it's good for football in Western New York. And then the more kids that uh, get looked at, the more kids get recognition, more opportunities they have as far as being able to play oh, there's college gonna, football. There's going to be some serious debating going on at the end of the year yeah. as and they try to select and that. And for the Trench Trophy yeah. as well. You know, to pick just 10 finalists, there's got to be 20 worthy of being finalists out there this year. Well, if you remember the theme of last, what I pointed out when we talked about Monsignor Martin, how many did you talk about were Trent's Trophy candidates? I mean, you talked about six, five, three hundred. Unbelievable some of the stats you were throwing out there. Now you throw another one out that's down there. We've only gone through Class C at this point. We haven't what about the B's, B, A, and A's double A and the double A's, which is going to incorporate even more into there. I do believe this is probably the year of the quarterback, where you're going to probably see the quarterbacks being the main focus as far as for the Conley Cup. Not saying that other the other people aren't going to get there, but it seems to be the quarterbacks are the one that are rising right now preseason to the top. You just talked about two right off the bat. <laughs> I think that Cleveland Hill, the one thing that you're going to see with them, though, which will, we still need to see play out, is the line. What are they going to do with that line play? Because it seemed to be that's where they got hit the most. Line's the key to anything. Right. But no matter what you run, if you don't have a solid line, you're in trouble. I think they lose two Trent's Trophy finalists from last year. Right. So I, they got, but they got get the guys replaced. I talked to Coach Graham and Dick. What you brought up earlier. What are the chances? Because there's three good running backs at Cleveland Hill. Could they almost negate each other and cancel each other out when it comes to voting for the uh, Conley Cup? You know, well, they might pick uh, this back. Someone else might pick this back, and all of them worthy. But because not one of them is dominant, they might be left on the outside looking in. They may not even be in the equation. My because point. Of that. That's yeah. exactly my point. Yeah, you have the same problem. And just move, moving it quick to Class B with Maryvale and Connor Desiderio. Excuse me, and uh, right, Rashad Law, they're outstanding, and uh, you know who knows what happens, but yet that, that that's yet to play the games. But what Tom pointed out, this is the year of the quarterback. There are about twelve 
quarterbacks who are outstanding, and uh, you're going to see some outstanding stats also given in offensive uh, scores, particularly this this season. Much better this year than last year. The discussions are going to be off the hook on this show this fall. <laughs> There's going to be a whole lot of it. All right, let's continue before uh, before the break. You want to go to the bees? Yeah, let's get into the bees. We have uh, 20 bees to talk about. <laughs> okay, this, this this is going to be unique. There's three leagues, and as mentioned last last week, excuse me, when you have the three leagues, B1, B2, and B3, in B1, there's four teams that actually could be making the playoffs. Chictawaga, Maryvale, Iroquois, and Pioneer. But they're going to be competing, you know, and have players from other leagues. But three of those four teams should be in the playoffs. One probably is not going to be in, mainly because of the competition in that particular league. Right. And not we, only that, I don't think a fourth-place team, if they haven't changed the system, a fourth-place team cannot make the playoffs. I don't even know. You know yeah, but, the, the, you know, it's just it's t- d- difficult. But Chictawaga is 29-4 and four in the last three years. Keyshawn Beal, who was in JVs for two years, last year, first year as a varsity, counted for 3,119 yards and 45 touchdowns. <laughs> you have to look at what, what, with, with what his output was last year, that this year he's one of the top contenders for player of the year. Tavon Roach is a tremendous linebacker. He's a tackling machine. Tamale Bass, who got hurt last year in, the, in practices, didn't play, outstanding wide receiver, and Austin Romanowski. And uh, so when you look at it, and then Maryvale's got 14 starters that they're returning, and Rashad Law, Conley Cup candidate, has to be one of the final 10. Connor Desiderio, almost 1,500 yards passing as a sophomore, 15 TDs. DeAndre Rise is an excellent uh, linebacker. And those two play in Week 7, as they did last year. And then in the championship game in Class B last year, Chitawaka beat them by one in overtime. That game that when they play this year is going to be one Get heck. there early. Get your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and particularly when you look at it, excuse me, I believe they're playing at Chitawaka, but Chitawaka's uh, got that new athletic yeah, complex. Yeah, it looks nice. That it's just outstanding. So uh, Maryvale and Chitawaka are strong. But Iroquois has dropped down from Class A to B. Ethan Herbal, Ethan Bowen, Corey Day, Casey Phillips are out Outstanding. They were six and three last year in A's. They got eleven starters returning. Pioneers a school to watch. Fourteen starters returning from last year's, I believe, six and three squad. Seven players bench. Two seventy five to three three fifteen. Means they have the strongest team. Mike Riegerman, one hundred twenty two tackles last year. Eleven touchdowns. Ninety six GPA. Tremendous leader. Captain. Then they have Trevor Smith, Nick Rinker, Tyler Ellis. They have a JV player, Trey Hill, that's co- that uh, rushed for uh, 1,400 yards as a, as a JV. And uh, they're going to be extremely competitive. So when you take a look at those four teams, every one of those teams, like Chitawaka, playing Maryville, Iroquois, Pioneer, they've got their work. Dick, I don't know if you agree with me. I think B1 and probably A3 that we'll go over next week are probably the two strongest divisions in the entire section. Both competitive. I agree. Right. Let's get into more talk, uh, more bees, and when we come back from the break, I mean, 
Mark these games down, folks, because when he says this is going to be a barn burner, you better believe it. All right, we'll be back with more Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back listening to Inside High School Sports. Make sure you keep it locked here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Sports Talk Saturday follows us. A lot of information, a lot of stuff to talk about concerning the Bills. Injury to A.J. McCarron, how serious it is. So keep it locked right here. Listen to the guys for all the updates and more. Uh, before we get back to talking Class B, Francis, we forgot something on news and notes concerning uh, Joey Licata. Yeah, just a few days ago we found out, um, this is from our new writer, Mike Straw, WM Athletics. Joe Licata signed a three-year extension with Bishop Tymon with an option at the end of it for both sides, I believe. Cool. All right, Dick, uh, what would be one uh, we're still on? That's a win-win for the Tigers. It is. It's an absolute <laughs> win-win. It's a uh, no-brainer. Yeah, there's still four uh, teams to talk about in Class B1. Luport, as we mentioned a couple of times, once one last week, Joe Powers is an outstanding outstanding lineman, 6'2", 280, strong as an ox. ox. When I looked at him at the re- recruiting combine, he was like man among boys. He's the outstanding player along with J.P. Stewart. They were the Luport only won two games last year. They could struggle this year, particularly in this conference. Well, if you look at it, if you okay, you you mentioned one offensive lineman that uh, is in the higher echelons. If you're opposing defense and you know that's where they're going to run behind, you're able to uh, gear your plays up towards stopping it on that side. Right, but when you have the athleticism and the footwork that Joe has and the strength, he's he's going to make things happen. Um, Lakeshore has new coach Dan Russell and uh, Jared, Jared Addison, Jack Perry, and Angel Grillo are, will be good players for the Eagles. East Aurora was winless last year. They could struggle this year. Connor Bass, Shane, Shane McSwan, who is the son of the superintendent at uh, Cleveland Hill, John McSwan, who was an outstanding athlete, excelled in high school, excelled in college, and uh, worked his way up to be a superintendent. Not bad. Not bad at all. Lucas Grad also is a quality player for uh, East Aurora. The playoff teams, I think, the strongest, Chictawaga, Maryville, Iroquois, and Pioneer. When we mention East Aurora, we should say East Aurora Holland, Anthony. Yeah, they send, they do send a few players over. I don't know how many, but uh, they do contribute. Yeah, I don't Excuse me. You want to go to B2? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, this league is very, very competitive, and any one of five or six teams could take it. Well, Bees has always been competitive. Well, was this the third year of the three-team? Uh, con- third uh, or fourth. Third or fourth, and yeah. it's been competitive every year. And Albion last year really was a strong team. They were 6-2. and two. They returned 16 starters. Eugene Harrison is a stud on both sides of the ball. Bryce Pritchard, outstanding quarterback. Ben Restivo, good lineman. Then Olean's got 13 starters returning. Their JV squad was undefeated. They're going to be very competitive. Key players for the Huskies, Alex Weekfall, Icar Simon, Alex Pantuso, and Nick Prater-Canangelo. And then Medina's got 10 starters returning. They have a studded quarterback, Isaiah Rim, passed for almost 1,600 yards, 19 touchdowns last year. Other quality players for the, excuse me, Mustangs, William Braswell, Justice Hughes, Lackawanna, who excelled last year, and I really think that 
that game that between Lackawanna and Maryville in the playoffs, if the Noble Smith had not been hurt, then uh, I think that game could have had a different bearing. But this year they they uh, have ten starters: Manny Land, Malik Snow, Tay Cummins. They're very athletic. They'll be competitive. Depew has a new coach succeeding uh, Wilson. Um, uh, Mar- and the new coach is Mark DiRianzo. De- De- Re- Joe Pagano is an outstanding quarterback. He threw, I think, for 1,300 yards last year. Dante DiRianzo and Ben Jellick and Zach Tomlich, Tomlich is are good players. And Springville, they've only won one varsity game last year, two JV games. They could struggle again. Sean Barry and Topher Elkins are good players. I was uh, Frank was talking about uh, Sean Barry. I guess the kid started as a freshman on you know on varsity, tore his ACL. Next year he comes back, tore his other ACL, oh. and now he's back for his senior year. And he was a good he was a good player as a freshman. So I imagine this kid is pumped to play the senior. Watch out for that kid. And a hopefully linebacker. the injury bug doesn't get him again. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes you can sit there and wonder, why me? You know, I'm all, always something's happening. It's called perseverance yeah. on the part of Sean. You have anybody to. Anybody that can go through those injuries, playing a game like football, and come back and want to be able to play in a senior year. But I don't know if they're going to have enough talent to compete for a playoff spot. And I believe uh, Barker is now with Medina and Lindenville. So that's the new addition. That's where Barker went, from Roy Hart to Medina. And, and I, I really think that, with the exception of Springville, every one of those five teams can compete, and uh, four of them are going to be in the I'm, – I'm sorry, two of them will be in the playoffs, definitely, with a third to, to be determined. Well, that's the good side of the point that I was against, is now a uh, third-place team there, where in the overall division probably wouldn't even have a chance at the playoff. Now they could sneak into that seventh or eighth seed. Yeah, and in the past – Few years, you've had major upsets in the B in the playoffs when you have number one playing eight, and I, and I think uh, Lackawanna was one, and Medina was eight, and Medina came out and upset them a couple of years ago. So you never know, and that's why you know we we say it and we repeat it. And somebody always loses a regular season game that they're not supposed to lose. Well, yeah, in this case of Lackawanna, though, they're in a they I think that league they were in a relatively weak league so they skated through but because of their record they ended up with the number one seed and they probably weren't the best team in b to begin with and you get a third place team from one of the strong divisions very capable of knocking off a first place team from the week of the three divisions yeah. and we see that in basketball so it's not oh like absolutely this is yeah you, seven seed beating a two seed that's not unheard of by sure. any stretch so, Dick, my question here is: uh, I look, I look at Lackawanna as probably the one that is. Hmm. Let's see what they've got this year. Very young on the baseball program last year. I know a lot of these athletes are playing both sports there. Um, they were young, up and coming. Is it the same thing for the football team right now? Young squad waiting to see exactly what happens with the juniors this year. Yes. They, 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 excuse me, Adam Tardot, the head coach. He's got a young team compared to all the kids that were seniors last year. And if you look at it, I think that he's got 10 starters retu- uh, returning. And most of those, if not all of those kids are athletics, are at- tremendous athletes. And so it really depends on just the competition you're playing and whether, they're gonna, whether the young guys coming up from the JVs are going to be able to contribute. 
That's the other thing we've noticed, Tom, is how many teams that Dick has had has had 14, 10 returners. Right. And it seems like uh, that's uh, there's a lot this year. And that's a nice luxury for a coach to have. And, and I'm going to tell you, because it's never, you know, not that there's – that we're not looking out and we don't understand the teams that are deep into the South Towns, but you can never, ever underestimate Olean. They are going to bring something strong up here, and they are going to be a powerhouse. I don't care what sport, what division, where they land. Watch out. Olean's going to be in the mix. They do it right. Except like for the, basketball. They're never successful. <laughs> <in basketball>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only they could make it to Buff State. <laughs> One of these years they'll get there, Jeff Raj. Anastasia gets his mail at Buff State in March. All I can say to Tom's remark is amen. <laughs> Those kids never quit, and they come to play. They have excellent coaching. And if you just take a look at all the sports, whatever, whatever it is, I don't know what is in the water in Olean, but they sure as heck – have outstanding talent and outstanding coaches. They're doing something right there. That's that's what we know. They have a community center where the kids can go and play sports, and they do that religiously down in Olean. Well, usually you look at, and you know, because I'm involved with uh, uh, youth sports, and that's where it starts. You see the uh, high schools, and there's a good chance that a high school that succeeds uh, year in and year out also has a youth program that is succeeding. And Olean has a youth program down there second to none. Go ahead, Dick. Let's continue. You want to go to B's? Yeah, let's B threes. Okay. Bingo! Oh, I'm Bingo. sorry. We have V three. This league will also be competitive. And Dunkirk, to me, uh, stands out. They got 15 starters returning. They really have been under the radar screen for a few years, and now it's like to me, I have them winning this league. Dunkirk's usually tough. I mean, they're a tough school. And they, they have, were seven to two last year. And they have two kids who received all state honors that are returning this year: Taiwan, Taiwan Wright, Wright, and um, Quatavius Kelty back. And I don't have their names in front of me, Anthony. But I would be amiss if I didn't mention that they have two female place kickers on that team, and both of them were two for two in extra point attempts a year ago. Hmm. That's Good information, Raj. I'm focused on the next one right now. That's what and where for I'm Dunkirk, at. Dunkirk, one other player that stands out is Peyton Moreland. And then Burgard only had two. <laughs> That's good. No, no matter whether you played for him, coached for him, or you're talking about them, you, your bark's still the same. <laughs> and Burgard only had the two wins. But uh, they've got some key players coming back. Dexter Lee, Demario Baines. And Antonio Norwood. Yeah, that's who I want to talk about. Is an outstanding player, and someone mentioned that he transferred to a, a charter school, and I'm not sure if uh, that's you know real or of just gossip. But he is an outstanding two-way player. You have him listed as strongest player. He what? A strong, one of the strongest players. Well, sometimes you can't list the strongest players. You can't list the strongest players. When the coaches don't put what they bench in the questionnaire. Oh, they're hiding so, it. Whether that's mm. academics, whether it's fast in their speed, etc. If I if if I don't get the information, you can't put it in. But I'll find out and put it in on the website. How about Demario Baines? Demario Baines outstanding. Anthony, you want a rough idea how fast the years have gone by? Hmm. This is the fifteenth year since Jason Colbus took over for Hutch Jones. 15 years. It seemed like yesterday. Wow. That is a long time. 
excuse me, Fredonia Brockton, they could surprise us here. They got some quality kids coming back, particularly a junior uh, lineman, Jacob Skinner, Nicholas Pucci, and Jameson Horch. Newfane made the playoffs for the first time in 24 years last year. They I were, liked watching them. They, they were, fun were to a watch. good team. They were under the radar all year, and they, they uh, there was a team seniors. you did not want to play in the quarterfinals. Now they have to replace their quarterback, right? They have to replace a lot of people. Right, but the 12 starters return of that team. And Shane Harrington, I think, is going to have a smooth transition to as quarterback of, of the Panthers. They have twins who are outstanding athletes, Reese, Casanelli, and Ty. They had a nice running back last year, too. Does he return, or is he uh, no, no, he, not Brandon he, Gross? Yeah. No, he's gone, along okay. with Max Weber. Yeah, Gross was the quarterback. and. And, he, and then Weber was the wide receiver, correct? Right. Okay. Gross was the quarterback, and he was outstanding running their option. Dual threat. Gaining yardage. Yeah. I think he was over 1,000 yards. Alden has struggled the last couple of years. Last year they were just 3-6. and six. They only have five starters returning. They also had have a period of time where they don't have a lot of boys in a couple of the classes, and that's hurt them big time because prior to that their numbers were always exceptional. And uh, Zach O'Shea, Colin Skowronski, and Robbie Motes are key of the players for Rob Curran. Eden North Collins have a new coach in Rick Weber and a couple of good, good players coming back, Colton Stetz and Louis DeCarlos. And there's a lot of uh, enthusiasm related to excuse me, Rick taking over the program, the, the intensity, the enthusiasm. They've struggled the last few years, so hopefully they can win a few games this year. Tonawanda was winless last year, and uh, they well, with them it's been a numbers issue. So it's, it's the, you know I know they're trying to get numbers up, and I believe uh, they have this year. They have a few more. And uh, Noah Gross and Zach Berdale are uh, good players for the Warriors, and the numbers sometimes can be such a big problem. And then you get a new coach in, and the new coach somehow connects with the kids, connects with the athletes. Craig Krasinski did that when he took over Williamsville South. He went on the basketball, got all those players out for football, and that changed the whole dynamics. You have to go talk to the wrestling team. You have to talk to the track team. You have to talk to the basketball team. And you have to find those players who hadn't really thought about playing multiple sports and get them out there. You know, your basketball guys are going to give you some size. Maybe you can use that tight end. Your track team's obviously going to give you some speed on the outside. Uh, your wrestling team, you may find a, a gem of a linebacker or a lineman in there uh, because of, you know, the skill set that they bring from their their uh, their sport uh, it's, it's a benefit for the. I mean, we talk all the time. The football team looking for a soccer player to uh, bring in as a kicker. Can you even imagine Williamsville South with Joe Licata, Kevin O'Connell, Phil Stasiak, and Mark Capola not playing football? I think that's how it was when they were in their early years. Well, well, well Joe was playing and, and Bill was playing, but then he was able to recruit Mark Capola. And that changed the whole dynamics. In, on, the, on the football team. But what, what, with what you were saying, t- Tony, one of the uh, really strong pieces when someone comes, he might not have played football for three years, he comes out in senior year, and I, don't, I forget the name, but it was a player in North Tonawanda, outstanding volley, volleyball player, yes. outstanding vertical leap. You're talking about the, the winning, championship game. Caught the winning pass, 
le leaning over the uh, the defensive pass back defender, to, and they wound up winning the state championship. So when you have the coaches that connect with the kids and get those kids out, they're one. They buy into it one hundred percent. You have to get the student body fired up, and that benefits you more. And I've repeated this over and over on the show. It benefits you not only in sports but also in the classroom. When kids feel that they're a part of something special, they want to be at school. There, you know, I have to be there, uh, pep rally, whatever is going on, or it's game day. I'm part of the excitement, uh, you know, claws out, uh, whatever the same may be for their particular school. So if the kids feel excited about it, they're a part of something, they want to show up. And it helps you in, uh, with attendance, it helps you with grades, and it helps you with your sports program. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll touch more on this and, and uh, more previews. Don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us at 11 o'clock. A lot of Buffalo Bills news to go over. We'll be back after this. We're back. One last segment of Inside High School Sports. Alright, this uh, just came in to me via email and uh, David, I will get this out there for you. He says he is one of the parents in charge of the Williamsville North Cross Country Boosters, and they would like us to mention that they are having a team car wash that will be held Saturday, August 25th, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., the Will North parking lot, 1595 Hopkins Road in Amherst. Once again, that's 1595 Hopkins Road in Amherst, Team Car Wash, on August 25th from 9 to 11. So get your car nice and dirty, head on over there, and uh, donate to the uh, Williamsville North uh, Cross Country Program. And you it's can Martin go across Asian. the street and pick up a bocce's pizza. Whoa, that just made it really Tony's going to get his car washed now. Mm. <laughs> I haven't had it washed all summer. Maybe it's time. <laughs> and Spartan Nation will make sure your car is looking a lot better than it is now. Yeah, they need a lot. They need the whole school to make my truck look uh, look better. But uh, there you have it. So head on out there, and uh, thank you, David, for uh, sending that in. All right, uh, where did we leave off, Mr. Gallagher? We well, get it. Well, we got season b's right we got we got the season b's you want to be start with a's or a couple of them or well let's rather than getting into uh into the uh a's and the double a's let's talk about some of the games that are going to be interesting some of the matchups that uh especially in b's you're talking about how competitive this is and we've mentioned a few of the matchups uh but uh you know cleveland hill in maryville week one that, I was just going to question all, yeah. that one. We knew about Chicktawaga, Maryvale, in week seven. Should we move that to a bigger venue? <laughs> uh, Cleve Hill, Maryvale, uh, week one. Boy, you talk about a barometer. Yeah, you'll know exactly where yeah. those two stand. No doubt about it. If that's not a game that gets covered, that should be one of that the, was a bit, the highlights. That came down to, like, I think, the la I think Maryvale like, led a huge comeback in that game last year. Is that year. on a Friday night or a Saturday? It's, yeah, Friday, because it's Friday. at Maryvale. So it's at Maryvale. It's and Maryvale. Cleveland Hill is going to be playing their home games at, Maryvale's on, at Maryvale on Saturdays this year. We got Whoa, that what's Coach that Grant. all about? It's They're getting new turf at uh, Cleve Hill. Cleve Hill getting turf? Wow. Yeah. They're hoping it's in for maybe like the first round of playoffs, so they're 
Maybe they can get one playoff game out of this the year. The Carl Curra Stadium is getting an upgrade. Mm, you're, you're, you're seeing upgrades all over the place. Um, Lockport's another one that you're seeing the facilities getting done out there. Um, that could be a big uh, shift for that program. North Tonawanda. I can't yeah, wait to North see that. Yeah. I may even drive by after the show Hard and go to look. Picture even North Tonawanda getting an upgrade is pretty sharp now. Wow. And and it's moved. It's like not in the same spot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's it's uh, it's like off to the side, kind of, and it's the where the field remember was the field like, where most of the scrimmages took place. I don't remember the. I, I can only picture this. Well, go stadium. more towards the houses on the uh, one side street uh, behind it. So that then what happens to the field now, the current one? They'll I just don't know. put grass on it eventually. Yeah, but what are they going to use it? they got all these bleachers and everything over there that stands. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, when you say turf at Cleveland Hills, they're not going to put lights in. They're still going to play Saturdays, right? Uh, yeah, it, it, I didn't hear anything about lights from Cleveland Hill. Okay, because I think they like the fact that they play on Saturdays because they can be get more exposure on a Saturday than they might. Well, do right now Friday because scout. Saturdays you have very few games now. Everybody wants to play on on Friday night. Friday night lights. Well, that's why they've had to play some of the games on Thursday night because they didn't have enough officials to be able right. to take care of all the games on Friday. And that uh, right now you look and you have two games on Thursday, maybe sometimes three. Then if you look at Saturday, you have five games, six games, the majority of them are Saturday. But one quick question, uh, trivia question. What, what was the first school that had l- lights for playing football? The first North school that had lights for high Say school North football? North Tonawanda? No. No. Anyone guessing? All I high? would guess. Yeah, I was going to say all high. As well. Yeah, I would have said all high. No, all high lights, no, not even close. Southwestern. In the 50s. Oh, really? Oh, wow. wow. Which is hard to believe. But apparently the coach went up to a huge benefactor that had a lot of money and said, is there any way that you could, uh, you know, give a couple of thousand, whatever it was back then, and so we could put lights on, and that's the way it, uh, it, it, it happened. But you take a look at now, get excited about getting lights Friday night games. Southwestern's had them for five decades. I there's something about, though, there's something about a Friday night game. Well, I don't know about Friday night. I can remember the first game I ever saw under the lights. It was on a Saturday night. It was Williamsville versus West Seneca. Now, you notice I didn't say West Seneca, East or Before West. Before the split. You notice I didn't say Williamsville, North, South, or uh, East. It was just one Williamsville school, one West Seneca school. It was a Saturday night out in Williamsville, and I still remember the, in the game. The late great Mike Ernst scored a winning touchdown on a punt return. And then you got uh, St. Francis, which owns the Saturday night games. Are they have many games on Saturday night this year, Raj? Do you know? I think most of their home games are on Saturday night because Jerry Smith wants it that way because, like I say, half the Conley Cup committee will, committee will be there because it's the only game in town on Saturday night. There's some games on Saturday that are being played at 7 o'clock at night. There's only a couple of them, but they're really quality games. So you're able to go to Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and then you know, go over I think Chief Duwag is playing one of those games, so uh, you know that'll be fun to watch. Well, guys, thank you very much. Uh, outstanding program, uh, Dick, Tom, uh, Francis, and Roger, uh, Derek Kramer. Thank you for producing. Next week, we are going to get into the A's and the Double A's. Talk more about uh, some of the games on the schedule to get you excited for the upcoming season. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.